Hey Chasers, Aaron here. I wanted to talk about our sponsor, Wilderness Trail Distillery. If you want a great whiskey without the fake legends and made-up history, try some Wilderness Trail Fine Kentucky Bourbon. It's made by master distiller Shane Baker and fermentation expert Pat Heist, who you've heard on the podcast, at their distillery in Danville, Kentucky. They make a weeded bourbon, a high rye bourbon, and a Kentucky-grown rye whiskey. Wilderness Trail is offered in bottled in bond or cask strength. It's non-chill filtered, and the mash bill is on the side of every bottle, so you know what you're buying. This is real information. Not some magical recipe or who Shane's great-great-grandpa is. I'm telling you, keep an eye out for Wilderness Trail in your favorite store. If you happen to see a barrel pick or special release of Wilderness Trail on the shelf at your store, grab it. It's not going to last long. If you want more information, check them out online at wildernesstraildistillery.com. Hi, this is Patrick. And this is Megan from Talnua Distillery. Pour a dram and settle in. This is the Cast Chasers Podcast. talking a little bit about you have you ha- you have a style it's not regulated at this time you know so you're you know you're you're sort of dancing with okay we are going to adhere to these rules here and i mean i've seen i've seen the same thing happen with uh what one of my favorite styles which is american single malt um yes. where you know unregulated we're very close with at least one um american single malt company and then you know it's well how are we going to do how are we going to regulate this how do we how do we not limit define but not limit and all of that is there any of that going on with um the sort of the um, the american pot I, I guess american pot still or sing, uh, single pot still american whiskey um i see megan smiling can you speak to that sure yeah you hit the nail on the head i think i'm i'm first of all so proud of all of our um associates and colleagues that have gotten the american single malt uh, category to go through to at least be heard by the TTB and to say that they're going to make a category for this that paved the way for us to be able to um, create a new category that is American pot still whiskey because we truly believe that this is the best style of whiskey in the world and we want other people to be making this style of whiskey we want to be challenged we want the quality to still be there which is why we do follow the irish technical file to set that standard to set that quality um and really honor you know our irish irish ancestors who created this category and that is adapting as well i think um you know the irish technical file whiskey technical file is um up for a change as well and so we'll be able to follow that too. And um, in America, you know, because it's not a category yet, we are able to innovate a little bit and be able to be a little bit create more creative um, with what we're allowed to do. Like, uh, for example, like our you know, virgin oak that's coming up. And then again, this, this continuum cast that we just had uh, with the Solera system and really still be able to call it pot still whiskey. Uh, it's, yeah, we're excited about it. And yes, there are other distilleries that have um, started making pot still whiskey and and we have had an unofficial 
uh, American Single Pot Still Association meeting, um, but we hope to grow that that group and make sure that you know we can do exactly what the American Single Malt uh, Group did. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how it starts, right? I mean, you you get people who care about it, who give a damn about it, and then you know you just grow that. That's great. It's it's really amazing. Truly, this is one thing we're just so fortunate that we're really on the ground floor of this, right? I mean, we're there are now when we went to Ireland in 2011, there were like four distilleries. Now there's 40, and most of them are making this style of, of whiskey because it's part of just the ingrained heritage of Irish whiskey culture. And uh, a lot of the famous blends, we've already mentioned two of them with Powers and, and Jameson, use this, they've been making pot still whiskey forever, this malted, unmalted barley, they're blending with this grain whiskey, um, but they didn't have brands of its own out, right? Ireland in 1900 um, had hundreds of distilleries, both big and small, uh, rural distilleries, oftentimes at, at pubs and farms were, were quite common. Um, but really you had a core in Dublin of big whiskey makers, Rowe, Jameson, um, uh, the Powers family, uh, Cork Distillers Limited that were all making this style and were supplying uh, the whole East Coast of America, it was flowing through the British Empire at the time. Um, and I think with COVID, uh, we're now a little bit there. It has contextualized the story of Irish whiskey because we saw how quickly landscapes can change. And when you think about the period between 1900 and 1945, 1950, Ireland went through two world wars. They lost their biggest market in the United States to prohibition. Uh, they separated in 1922, a couple of years later from the British Empire, then had a civil war and then a series of economic wars with the British Empire that lost trade to uh, to Irish whiskey. Uh, and I think, you know, we tend to forget that today uh, or at the time, even after World War One, Great Britain still controlled over 25% of all global trade, right? So massive markets that just were pulled out uh, from under them coming through the Second World War with all the rationing and uh, issues there, Irish whiskey was just in a full freefall collapse. I mean, what was once uh, a lion's share of the entire world's whiskey being made um, nearly disappeared. And uh, to the point where it was only in 2011, where on the back of Jameson blended whiskey, were we even able to have a brand like Redbreast come back into the fold and come back into the narrative? Well, meanwhile, uh, bourbon had taken the American market uh, after repeal in, in 1933. And Scotch whiskey had taken taking over the, the European, the British Empire market for, for whiskey production. Um, and Ireland was just left behind, not because it wasn't good, not because it wasn't coveted or what people wanted, but it just simply ceased to be able to be an economic engine in the way that it, it used to be. Uh, really an industry that defined the island and defined kind of Irish prestige. And so, you know, when we're talking about reviving this, it's like, that's who we are. That's the banner that that we carry um, and that we're really proud to be a part of. I, I have a liquor store near me and I watched it evolve from having um, scotch section bourbon, American bur American whiskey, and then other 
and they all fell and then uh, I went in and they had an Irish section set up and I'm like all right there we go and you watch all these other you know whiskeys kind of forming because people are are stepping outside the box Welsh whiskey is Israeli whiskey uh, I think Indian whiskey is really doing cool stuff right now I mean Amaranth's probably one of my favorite distilleries out there um, so I really dig that new edge stuff and I think Bourbon listeners, I'm going to say this with all the truth in my heart. You're getting comfortable. You know what I mean? You're you're really yeah. We're going to keep making the same thing, and everyone no. There's people out there doing some cool stuff, man. And uh, you better you better you got to do something. I don't know why they all sound like that. Well, because you know why they sound like that. I call let's call a book a book, my friend. Okay, uh, but that's uh, that's my Kentuckian. That's my. Not, not, the, not to be confused with your Coloradian. That's, that's actually my northern New York bourbon. Northern accent. New York bourbon. They have a very distinct. <laughs> really? They say, you better leave my bourbon alone over here. So they kind of throw the. <laughs> it's um, very it's confusing. Like, it's also like oddly close to a Scottish accent. Yeah, that's the thing. And, and that brings us. It's full circle, man. It's full circle. <laughs> brings us right back to. Um, so next whiskey up. Um Kim, I assume you want to do bourbon casks series or... You got it, yeah. Yep. That's the one. Nice. Um, so you're doing things, tradition. I love the word tradition. But in your name, what's in a name? Um, Damn, oh, Bobby was, got on the website. I was going to ask. Without even getting on the website, I was going to ask. Talk a little bit about what your name means. Um, but, but spoiler alert, Newland. Um, or land new. Um, so you're doing traditional things, but you're doing interesting spin on traditional things. Um, did I read correctly? You have a peated variety. So, right. Um, that's cool. I think peated American whiskeys, there's a handful out there. Not very, very, I don't even know if there's a handful. Uh, I think Balconis did, did they do a peated or did they? Yeah, they did. Mm -hmm. um, they did a peated and then there's a few sprinkled in the uh, woodwork. But and then there's some coming out. Right. And yeah. People love peated whiskeys. Uh, yeah. Old line. They're doing a peated single malt. <laughs> Maybe you didn't. Um, so I dig that. But I dig that kind of let's let's hook the fish with something they recognize. You know what I mean? But let's add some glam to it, too. You know what I mean? That's what I love about fishing metaphors. You can do whatever you want with them. Um, so talk about the name a little bit and what it means. And maybe let's dig into, you know, how do you be different without being too different? If that is an answerable statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a how do we how do we not how do we not pinhole ourselves in a corner at the same time, stay traditional and also be something different? Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and really, you know, your what's in a name, I think you, you kind of hit that. It's a, uh, really part of the story of this place is, is bringing this old style whiskey to the new world or to the new land, right? Like that's tall or T-A-L is from Tolov, uh, and Nua means new. Well, if you know, like Talisker Scotch whiskey, that means land by the cliffs, Never right? Heard of it. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a mom and pop, um, um, but uh, they they uh, in that same nature um, we kind of birthed the name out of uh, two 
Irish words, um, meaning that new land really representing us bringing this style of single pot still whiskey over, over to the United States. And, and, you know, people ask us all the time, uh, why are you guys the first ones kind of doing this? And, and I think one of the answers goes to exactly like the, the question that you asked is how can you be, uh, the same, but different and different in unique ways, but not so wildly that it's off the charts and, you know, uh, um, kind of peculiar to people. And, and really, uh, we barley, uh, grows out here, uh, west of the Mississippi. And so if barley grew east of the Mississippi, half the Irish Americans who came here, uh, would have been making this style would have been very familiar to them. This would have been their used ingredients, but uh, I mean, especially up in your neck of the woods, Maryland rye, empire rye, right? That's rye heavy country, um, moving east to, or sorry, west of the Mississippi is corn country, right? With a little bit of wheat sprinkled in there, especially on the, that Mississippi river valley. But it isn't until you really get out into the Rocky mountains where um, families, uh, uh, predominantly even the Coors family, brought barley over from Moravia at the foothills of the Alps that then grows right at the foothills uh, here in Colorado. And this uh, is barley country. You know, there's uh, corn country is is kind of east of Mississippi. You guys are more even in rye country. Uh, and, and for us, we're in barley country. So, uh, you know, the natural evolution of this as a style coming up in Colorado, it's why you see a lot of single malts, why you see Stranahan's being one of the early pioneers of single malt and now one of the champions of the uh, creation of the, the category through the Tax and Trade Bureau, which is a monumental uh, achievement for there to be a new whiskey style globally recognized, right? And, and so really what we're doing is taking what the Irish have always done really, really well and putting the American terroir into it, the American identity and, and um, grain to glass nature of starting something from scratch. You know, we couldn't source pot still whiskey to start our company because it did not exist in volumes that were sellable and usable here in the United States. So to create this, we had to use our own resources to start this and to become this this style so when we're doing things that are different it's innovative within the category mm -hmm. and that's why the irish whiskey technical file is so important to us because it gives us a framework mm -hmm. so we're not just out in left field calling it something that the irish wouldn't want it to be called right i mean they are still the the caretakers and proprietors of this as a as a style uh, rightfully so and so that's really where what we're doing is is becoming the innovative player and showing the diversity of single pot still as a category and and what it can be and i think you know we're talking about barley this is the grain forward nature of what is um is, is in your glass is really that going to be a much more barley forward, right? Where oak has now taken a backseat and we are really presenting the distillate and, and the grain in, in this whiskey. And so the, the one that, the one that we're do, bur, bourbon cask and stave series is what, is what we're drinking right now, right? That's the one that we, so, I mean, they've all, they've all been delicious. They've all smelled fantastic. Um, our, uh, our wives, Christina and Dana, uh, said, oh, hey, we didn't, you, you, uh, we, we, we don't really necessarily need to sample anything, you know, this round. We'll try this stuff, whatever. And we said, okay. 
um, you probably saw me stand up and walk away because I nosed this. And I was like, okay, everybody in the room needs to try this. This is <laughs> ridiculous. So I uh, talk, uh, talk, talk, talk to us about, about this, about this one uh, that we're drinking right now, because I had to take a, a little glass of it over to, over to Dana and to Christina to just smell because she is still with child. Um, only for a couple more, only for five more days. She says to me, only for five more days. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, talk, talk about this one and why it's so effing delicious. Uh, yeah, so this is um, the first one of our uh, sort of two uh, out of our three-year-old whiskeys and almost now four-years-old whiskeys. Uh, so Bourbon Cask and Stave um, is our new make. So we didn't even get to this yet, but we use 50% malted barley, 50% unmalted barley in our mash bill um, for all of our distillates right now. And uh, then we age it for a minimum of three years in used bourbon barrels. And then we're able to take uh, some uh, different oak profile staves. So different chars, different styles of oak uh, and stave that whiskey for again, a minimum you know, three years. Um, staves stay in there for like 12 weeks, mm -hmm. but uh, basically we can impart whatever new oak profile we would like on this whiskey because you're not getting that new oak from the used bourbon barrel. Um, and so it's a lot lighter in color uh, we'll get to virgin oak in a second, and virgin oak is the exact same whiskey distillate that we put in a virgin oak barrel for, again, a minimum of three years. Uh, so it's a lot darker in color um, because of that new oak. Yeah, and and I think one of the one of the great things about that whiskey in in particular is. One, we were able to limit the amount of oak that goes into that, right? We did want it to be kind of more grain forward. We wanted to have uh, uh, a style um, because in America, the tradition has always been so oak heavy. And in Ireland and Scotland, oftentimes it's a little bit lighter of a profile just in general. And that's kind of the whiskeys we really fell in love with. I um, love all the bourbon listeners out there. That That is not uh, our particular style of whiskey that we enjoy. We're typically more into barley-based whiskeys coming out of Ireland and Scotland and, and the new American single malt category. Um, and, and really, I think the fun thing about this whiskey is and it will kind of evolve over time as a series with French oak and different uh, types of oak. Also more on the toasted end instead of the charred end, which goes back to the, the color. Uh, and the fact that most Irish whiskey is aged in ex-bourbon casks. Um, but as a distinctly American single pot still whiskey and American style of whiskey, having that bourbon heritage in our own and using ex-bourbon casks is great because we just drive up to Breckenridge Distillery and get barrels from them. Uh, we drive them down fresh, uh, fresh uh, barrels. So it's really kind of a cool uh, style of whiskey, I believe, that has a, a really, a really strong heritage and stylistic type originating from Ireland, but uh, kind of back to your question as well, originally is this is a way to be creative in this category, adding oak kind of like a maker's mark mm. where they do that, the staves, well, they usually do that on the back end. Yeah. We're doing it on the front end, right? As mm. soon as it's distilled, as soon as it goes in, so do the staves. Instead of it being a finishing staving, we're doing that at the beginning. Hmm. And I think it, 
it does because it shines through. So instead of getting that saturated, you know, caramelized, woody, dark note, you get a brighter, new, greener wood oak, um, which I which I really like um, in a good way. That chew on a toothpick woodiness, you know what I mean? But not so, you know beaver eating a tree you know what i mean um which i imagine they love the oakier the better over oaked really is what they're looking for um you know how beavers are with I, their, do um, i ever but uh but so i really i love when we do these tastings and we do them and i'm using quotation marks in order um it's almost like there's this evolution happening of you know flavor and all the same flavors are really there, but certain things are really shining. Um, I got less citrus on that, and I'm starting to get more of that cake that we got from the other two. And I'm I'm getting real heavy, not not heavy. But so instead of a fruit cake, it's now more of a cake fruit. A, a, okay, sure, yeah, a cake fruit. And I was gonna say I'm feel it, yeah. it, it's feeling like a like a a cooked fruit, almost like we were yeah. talking about, you know the. The planted, freshly picked apples, and that, that's right. Yeah, he's, he he was playing apple. a long game. He's not stupid. He just came he, back to it. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, like it's it. I'm getting this really, really pretty intense fruitiness, and I'm I'm we we like to think of ourselves as you know like um alcoholics. alcoholics we like to think of ourselves as you know whiskey whiskey connoisseurs and all of this but even still i i'll see a lighter whiskey and i'm like okay what how good could this be and then you know i take a sip and oh my god so it's fantastic. I, i've had a i've had the opportunity to you know we go to distilleries and whatever but taste staves at the different layers of, mm. you know, to the red line and whatever. And they all have very different flavor. It's it's very complex. And the charcoal is more of a filtration kind of-esque thing. But as they get into that wood, you can almost taste the closer I get to the line or the farther I get away from the line or how charred or whatever. There is so much balance in these whiskeys. I think balance, and I learned that from, you know, we learned Chris Morris. from Chris Morris what balance really means. And I try to bring up that terminology as often as I can, especially when I feel it. Balance, it means more than just leveled out whiskey. Balance means... Sounds boring. It, it sounds, sounds boring, like it means boring. It's a very complex term, in my opinion. Your whiskey is very, very balanced because it's the perfect spoonful. You know, you're eating, um, you're eating, uh, you know, cereal. Uh, you know, let's say, I don't know, what's the one with the strawberry or the 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 the, uh, the um, special K red berries? Stop! Don't say strawberries. Uh, with the marshmallows. Um, the Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms. You're eating Lucky Charms, They're, right? Which are magically delicious. They are. And are they a sponsor? Can we? Yeah, whatever you're eating marshmallow you're eating charm you're eating lucky jim lux uh cereal <laughs> you can't what? um i just had to try to think of generic the generic bag version of that <laughs> anyway you're eating you're eating the cereal you want to get that perfect spoonful of the perfect you know marshmallow to cereal or chips and salsa you know you don't want too much salt you don't want you there's this weird balance of everything that's what your whiskey is, man. It has this, I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not like, you know, bourbon is very, oh, vanilla, you know, those those oaks. Or if I'm drinking a log of woolen, you know, I'm looking for that, you know, wet leather and, you know, saltiness. And that's it. Yours is, your, all of those flavors are really cooked together very, very nicely. And I kind of think that's what makes a perfect Irish whiskey. And I see um, 
but your evolution from the first one to now, you're swi- all the little roles are switching. The same ingredients are yeah, there, but all yeah, the yeah. roles are, sw- and I think that's really cool. You're going to have to buy all of their whiskey to experience this. You can't buy one. You got to buy them all, mm-hmm. and you got to sit in one night. You got to drink every bottle to front from beginning to end to and really. And then since you can't remember it, you got to go buy do, it again. Do it again. You got to do it again. Because Cast uh, Chaser said you have to. Yeah. That's right. No, but I, I hope that. I know that was very long-winded and a lot of serial references, um, but uh, but uh, and not the right kind. Um, but that's I dig that and I, I I respect it and it shows a little love and care. Um, I have a odd request or question for you. Um, if you were going to do something funky or weird with a whiskey, untraditional, un-Irish, what would you do? What would you make? Um, you're, cause I know you're, you're witch doctors back there and I know you're making your product. You got to pay the bills, but I know sometimes you're back there and you're like, what if I just put a, you know, a whole lemon tree in there? Yeah. Just shoved it in there like a wood chipper and just, that's usually what they're, you know what I mean? What if I, well, you know how Balconis gets all funky sometimes and their house fire whiskey they made. And I know they were, (laughs) their house fire whiskey. Their, uh. Ugh. Love them to death. Love. I'm from Texas. Um, that the. Me too, buddy. Huh? Yeah. 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 Uh, that that's my least favorite whiskey of I, all time. I know. Yeah. Anyway, um, brimstone. I don't know what was happening. Fire whiskey. Huh? Yeah. It's. It t- it tastes like in a bad way. I know you, sometimes you smell a house fire and you're like, "That's a good house fire." It's good house fire. And then sometimes it's got all the all the things a house fire. They should owned be. a lot of rubber in that house. Yeah, they were they were cooking meth there. That's a bad house. Yeah, fire. yeah, yeah. Not my, so what if you could get funky? If you could get crazy and you had the payroll, you didn't have to worry about it. You know, making the same. You know, the good product you're making. What would you do outside the box? You know, I I, I with your traditional Irish, you know, focusing. What would be outside of the box for you so we uh it's it's great little it's a great little tee up it's something you guys don't have we haven't even done our first one yet um we have a whole series coming out um called the aries series um and you you pointed it out earlier the ram is our Mm -hmm. logo um it's the state animal of colorado it still blows my mind that of all the breweries and wineries and distilleries here that we're the ones who who use the ram um really proud of that as our state animal it's a it's a a very epic uh rocky mountain creature and the aries kind of meant to be an alchemic um extension of the brand where we have whether they're wins or losses uh, a whole line of uh, experiments that will come out uh, once or twice a year that'll nice. be totally different yeast profiles. So you can see what yeast does, totally different mash bills, both recreations of old Irish mash bills and interesting concoctions that still fall file, but, but allow us some creativity, some, some oddities there, some weird casks potentially. Um, so different things that are uh, not in that traditional realm to say, Hey, is this, do we like this? Do we not? Um, you know, this hasn't existed in the world. So it allows us kind of a small batch way to put out a distillery only exclusive that is purely experimental in nature. Um, as scientists, I think it, it speaks to that kind of, mindset of what we do is really wanting to have 
something that not everyone like our old saints is meant to be just some of the best whiskey that we can absolutely put out. Now, will that happen by nature of experimentation? Hopefully. Um, however, with all of the different changes, all the different options, uh, I think you'll really get to see, uh, uh, you know, and, and, our want and desire to be first in a lot of things like, oh, there's never been a pot still with um, Irish peat in it, right? So that will be the first one that comes out this winter as we launch that. Um, We smoked oak with Irish peat here at the distillery and then aged uh, whiskey in it. Can I expand on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in 2019, we released our, as you mentioned earlier, the peated um pot still whiskey so peat finished which we used bought some ex lafroig barrels and finished our whiskey in the ex lafroig barrels so the only peat that you're getting off of it is directly from the barrel which you would not believe the amount of peat that you still get coming yeah, out of yeah absolutely the kelp that does um, that right is it the kelp the uh, pandaren kelp. Pandaren kelp. Yeah. yeah yeah did the same thing yeah but they similar yeah <laughs> Yeah. Sure. yeah yeah so we you know we did that as an experiment we were like well we don't know if people are gonna love it or hate it so let's just like we've just got two barrels and people loved it and so then i have 2020 comes along and then we weren't able to source any lafroy barrels or ex peat barrels uh and so we were like well as again as scientists like trial and error like let's let's see if we can source some irish peat mm-hmm. and then we smoked our own staves and then soaked those into our spirit That's so awesome i i think you first off nail on head with that answer um and what's so cool about it is you can tell the difference between super scientific you know nerdy distillers and i mean that a good and like that's the best thing yeah, yeah. and in versus you know <laughs> freaking nerds where you know there are distillers out there that's like you know what we should do let's put tabasco sauce in it but then you have but then not you to have, name any names yeah. <laughs> right, right that'll be fun um god i hate tennessee whiskey. anyway um no are they our sponsors no? Ten- tennessee whiskey in All general together. no Haida, I want to talk to you about whiskey. Please talk to me about whiskey. But not just any whiskey. I want to talk to you about single malt Welsh whiskey. Mm. But not just any distillery. I'm talking about Pendaren Distillery. Okay. And they don't have just any team to make their whiskey. Mm. They have an all-female distilling and blending team. I like what I'm hearing. Right? Laura, Bethan, and Ista, three women in charge of producing that whiskey. That is wholly unique within the whiskey industry, at least in the UK. That sounds pretty rad. It's pretty rad. What's even radder, if that's a word, is their whiskeys are delicious. I can make a wonderful highball for you, and you wouldn't even know there's whiskey in there. You'd just say, oh, this is bright and fruity and berry-like. Really? Really, really. Okay. You want to do it now? Sure. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Do you want to say something about the Cask Chasers podcast? You're a proud sponsor of the Cask Chasers podcast? Yes. Yeah. The first thing you said was, 
how do I get this yeast strain to produce these flavors and to give me these sugars and this, you know, if I malt and I don't malt and how long am I malting and what type of malt, and what kind of grain am I using? I mean, if you look at this little booklet, this little cheat sheet, you know, they gave us a little cheat sheet because they left no stone unturned with what they sent us, you know, 95% French maize, French corn, malted barley, you know, um, raw barley versus malted barley. And having a show like this, and I mean, we're going up on an hour now and you could get into just, and we have an episode on it, just the yeast and the flavors you'll get from that yeast. So you're there, there, these people are sitting in a lab. They're not just boiling whiskey in a pot, putting it in a bottle and going, please drink. They're sitting in a lab, you know, looking at these little guys and going, how can you make this flavor? And I need less of this. And I don't want to put an apple in here, but I want it to taste like an apple. So I have to, I have to Lego an apple out of, you know what I mean? That's Lego an apple. Yeah. crazy to me that that's how you're getting. And that's yeah. the answer I wanted yeah. versus because anything else you're getting a flavored with. That's all you're getting. So, yeah. you know, I, yeah. so I, a, I, I just wanted a kudos and that's incredible. I love I love seeing um, distillers that really sort of light up when they start talking about their experimental stuff. Um, I've got a obviously we know a handful of distillers and the, I the two handfuls, the, the two handfuls of distillers Um but the, the I, I really like getting into the conversations with the ones that are like, oh, and this is this thing we have coming out and we're, we're only going to do it once, but it's it's this and I love it. And like in the future, we're probably going to do something kind of similar to it, but I want to try it and make sure we're, I'm like, yeah, yeah, like I'm so on board. Like, like as soon as you're kid, like, yeah, like when you go to a friend's house and they have a kid and their kid takes you to their bedroom to show you their toys. Yeah, and they're the like, look at the, and the, I yeah. got the, this and this and they're holding your hand. That's them holding. I got all the and you're like, all right, buddy. Yeah, right, that's yeah. what I love. Yeah, except and, I'm into it. I'm yeah. like, yeah, man, yeah. I, I don't have Charizard. Totally that kid. Yeah. <laughs> 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 still, he's still that kid. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he's listening and he goes, uh, I could show you my Apple Legos if you want. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait to show you guys my office when it's done. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I could, we could, I could talk to you guys forever, but unfortunately we have to, you know, condense we, things into can an Can we wrap up on the That's on the what last, I was going to say. Okay, yeah. I, I, want, I for sure want to talk Just about two these, more. La- these last two whiskeys you oh, sent yeah. us. Yeah, so the virgin yeah. oak I kind of discussed a little bit earlier. It's, uh, again, our 50% malted barley, 50% unmalted barley, um, aged for a minimum of three years in virgin oak barrel, so never before filled. Um, so, again, I, you can visually see that there's a color difference in, in the bourbon cask and stave and the virgin oak. Um, it's just a difference of aging. Um, yeah. And, and uh, did you say chart too? It's all it's all char two. That's okay. the char that we kind of landed on. Um, you everything know, everything is char two that we've tasted. Okay. No, sorry, just this virgin oak. Okay, just all right, vir- go ahead. the virgin oak. Every every virgin oak cast that we do um, uh, is char two. And you know, I like to say that this is kind of distilled like an Irish whiskey would be distilled, um, but then aged like an American whiskey, right? So you're getting this really this marriage of heritage between the uh, virgin American white oak that's really a staple in the whiskey culinary landscape uh, in the United States, but then that malted, unmalted barley 
triple distilled. Um, we did not necessarily mention either that all of our barley is from Colorado, from root shoot malting or from proximity root shoots out of Loveland, um, about 30 minutes north of here. Um, and the San Luis Valley is about like two hours away from here, but it's all, it's all Colorado grown barley. Um, so this one's really fun for me, uh, really kind of a flagship nature to this uh, whiskey in particular is, is, is bringing that um, American white oak in its original nature and its virgin nature, something that is very different than what you get from basically any Irish whiskey. There are very few where you're getting that new oak influence to it. No. So I'm not from Colorado, um, obviously, and I've, I've been there before, but on an outsider looking in, when you hear about Colorado grown, you always think of like clean, crisp, it's cold, but they probably, it's a beautiful state. Mm-hmm. But it's one of mm-hmm. you like I don't care where the where it's grown at. It's if it's grown in Colorado or something it's like probably, it sounds it's clean. Fantastic, yeah. Like if I told you that this barley is from like Jersey, you'd be, be like, like, Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that's don't put that on your bottle. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. This sound like fresh grown Colorado. This came yeah. from you know northern Jersey outside right. of yeah. Newark. Yeah, right. Um, and, and no joke too. Like you know, natural spring water is a thing here. Yeah. We use all Eldorado Springs water. And so you're right. It's not a, it's not a joke. I mean, we, we have, unlike uh, our, our friends in Kentucky who use uh, underground water sources, all of ours is Rocky mountain runoff. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's all above ground reservoirs. So, so it doesn't sit there. It's all um, fresh water that we get as snow melts every year. Part of the reason snowpack uh, besides the ability to ski on it is is so important to the state. Uh, it is is having that fresh, clean, uh, evergreen water source. So, I, I, the, so this virgin this virgin white oak cast that we're drinking. Not, I mean, we we the, the four of us sound like a commercial for your whiskey right now, which is fine. But not to get slogany, but the it it I keep thinking to myself it tastes like an Irish whiskey, but drinks like a bourbon. And mm-hmm. like, it sounds yeah. like I said, very slogany, but it's just got that sort of like bourbon feel to it. That Kentucky chew that we talk about, you know what you I know mean? What, so it's funny you say that for me and I want the kids in the listening and drinking yeah. to <laughs> cut, shut your ears. Um, it's very on the nose virgin. And then you drink it and you're like, you ain't, you ain't a virgin. Like you, it's very it, it, like it shows up. Man. It knows what it's doing. Okay, you know? you know what I mean. It's like there's so much in that. Like, are you sure this is? It's that is. Making spaces yeah. right as your shirt. Yes. You can put you can put that on your website. Megan's like that's what we were going for. Okay. That's what we we. Yeah. Um. We have an HR department. We can't say that. Um, no, but you know what I mean. It's very, it's very easy, approachable. The first sip was clean, and then I think that's what you're saying. That second half, you're like, oh, there's yes, the yes, spice. Yes. There's that oak. There, it's 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 rich, but it's also very dense in a good way. So yeah, yes, no, it's it's yes. it's awesome. Yes, yeah. complex. So I, I want to say thank you guys really quick too, just because there was. Um, a compliment you you paid us um, that I I didn't circle back to. Um, that was when we started this out. One, I didn't want just different versions of the same thing, right? A two year old, a four year old, an eight year old. Right. You know, yeah. it was just kind of like the swan song of of uh, kind of a normalcy, I would say, right? Yeah. But really 
um, diversifying flavor profiles, but, but, uh, Bobby, you mentioned it, uh, is something that is really important to me is integration mm. of flavor components mm. so that something isn't just the, you know, 2000 pound gorilla in the room where, uh, it has, um, all of, all of the notes are just belonging to one element of the whiskey. Yeah. We really have worked very hard to ensure that even at this stuff that you guys are tasting, this is like the first stuff I distilled in 2018. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's still like, OG spirit while we were really figuring out cut profiles and, and how we were going to actually select our Oak program and, and solidify the cooperages and, and the types of oak that we were going to use. So I'm really happy that it's registering and coming across as very integrated and, and, um, holistic instead of it having kind of seeming layered. I've definitely yeah. tasted a lot of whiskeys where stuff is layered and it's not bad, but it's kind of like, it feels at afterthoughty. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so I, I appreciate it. If I can't, yeah, no, no worries. And if I can kind of capsulize what I was what I, encapsulize what I was trying to say and what I feel and believe about what you're doing and stop me if any of this is wrong you know um there you don't have a lot to hide behind you don't have a lot to you know cover up you're baking you can't make errors you know what people don't understand a lot of listeners may not get a pot still itself gives a lot of flavor components there's a lot of fats and, and, and organisms and, and flavors that you may want, you may not want that you're when you're working with a pot still barley, barley like rye can be very unforgiving and it can be very difficult. It can be very hard to round out and find certain flavors on yeast strains are very important. Now you really got to think about the barrel. You don't, you're not using a level four char necessarily on all your whiskey. So you don't have fil that fil natural filtration to kind of cover up or mask you're, it's almost like breaking wild horses. You know, you really have to fight all the way to the end at this microscopic level to get these flavors that create something that seems so, you know, gentle. And uh, Irish whiskey is very gentle but flavorful. And But it seems like it doesn't seem like it fist fought you the entire way. But it does. You don't have that column still where either all the errors are kind of whipped out and you just really, you know it's tough. It's hard. And I, I want to say that, and I hope the listeners are hearing this, you know, these whiskeys using these tools, it's very old school. It's very difficult, but it really creates something in my opinion, that's elegant, balanced, you know, delicious and complex in its own right. And again, what you just said, every one of the whiskeys I've tasted have given us something different. So I'm not just tasting the same thing, maybe a little older. I'm tasting a different zoom in. You know? I, I would go as far as the, you can go these, farther than that. Yeah, I said no, well, wild horses for yeah, God's sake. So I would go as far as <laughs> wild horses with wings, a Pegasus, if you will. No. Um, so maybe but, a Ram with wings. Cause the, I don't know. Okay. That was too far. Um, so uh, I would go as far as to say several of these, if uh, blind tasting for the first time, I would, I, I, if you, if you told me they weren't the same brand, I, I wouldn't be surprised. 
you know, like just, just the diversity. Yeah. A lot of similar notes are there, similar flavors or whatever. But if you told me, Oh, this one's an Irish whiskey, this one is from this company in Colorado that's, you know, doing things in a, in an, in an Irish style. And then, you know, this one is something else entirely. I'd be like, okay, yeah, sure. Fine. Yeah. But they hold hands. And and that, that's exactly they it. Wait, like, you, you but can, then when you tell me they're the same little, brand, I'm like, yeah, your DNA okay. is in there. Like the, in every one of them, like right. it has that, little stitching in the back with your name in it you know and that you can tell okay this is them and but i like they're showing me this instead you're you're opening different rooms up for us yeah yeah i i I really dig that we're we've moved on to your uh your bib here your bon bon and um i already been i've been drinking it (laughs) it's it's so exclusive we don't even have it here to drink with you guys Uh, it is. It's so good. I wish so, you guys could enjoy it with us. We we did a um and uh, this is a great new listeners of ours, um and I, and again we'll be wrapping up soon, so I don't want to you don't have to go on a whole thing, but we did a tasting last night with uh, dinner tasting with Bardstown, and uh, after the second it was two tastings in a row. After the second one, a group of non whiskey people or new whiskey people outside. And if you're listening, thank you for coming to the dinner. And it was great to meet you. Um, they met me outside. I was having a cigar and they came up to me and they said, you know, we're really getting into whiskey. Can you tell us what it means, this bottle and bond? And I really did a disservice. I was in, I was kind of beat. I was, I really, I said, you know, it's a legal, you know, it's a government regulation and it, you know, it's the same distiller. And I, I did your basic core bullet points and I didn't sell it like I wish I would have. Does that make sense? I really didn't give yeah, it the love yeah. it deserved. I kind of just, yeah. so, so Bobby wants to push his screw up uh, off on you and let no, they you walked away no, happy. <laughs> they walked away with new fans and they're going to, you know, they're like, thank you. And that it makes all the no, sense, I, I, but I could have made it. I could have romanced it a little bit. I didn't put a dress on it. I just said, listen, <laughs> It's got a suit and it wants your money, and I was kicked him on the way. Go. No, I okay. didn't do that. No. Um, so if you could put a dress on it for us, that'd be yeah. Well, be great. yeah. I mean, so this this is something that I really, really love about what we've been able to do as a brand and as whiskey makers and whiskey lovers is is achieve this bottled in bond because it's really um, beginning in 1897 was the first food consumer protection law in the United States wasn't on meat or fish or grains or, or grapes. Right. It was on, I think uh, it was on grapes specifically just grapes um, specifically on, on whiskey and made for whiskey um, because of some of the nefarious natures of uh, production that were being made and labels that were being slapped on things that um, uh, were, outright poisonous at times, to be quite frank. Mm. Um, And this gave the consumer the federal government stamp, regardless of what state you're from, where you're from, that there was a a, a seal of protection that the distiller was beholden to these regulations. Um, And then the policing, the auditing, the enforcement of, um, but then finally gave the consumer confidence that this is whiskey. This is American whiskey made with these rules and regulations. And, and it solidified and codified in our nation's identity uh, a baseline quality standard 
for everything to be measured against um, when it does not have that uh, statement on there. Right. And um, the big rules are it must be a minimum of four years. It must be made from grains of a single season by a single distiller at a single distillery. Um, Enter also where single comes from a lot of times in single malt and single pot still. It doesn't, single pot still doesn't mean one pot still. Single malt doesn't mean one type of malt, right? Single means made at one distillery. Uh, And the layer on top that it must be made by uh, one distiller. So you can't have multiple distilleries sharing the same space, right? It has to be made by a single producer at a single distillery with this um, uh, seasonality to the grain um, uh, with your federal stamp on it. Uh, and it is subject to uh, the policing of that, that all of that is is true and that that is a bonded statement um, that you are supplying to the drinker, to the consumer, uh, a trust. It's really a trust pact between us and you. Um, and you know that we've achieved that. You know that it's been certified for the, by the federal government to, to have uh, uh, achieved those hurdles. So, so really that's... That's a, a, a the big the big kind of spiel, if you would. So uh, unlike the other stuff we drank, which can, you can or not, con- you may or may not deny or confirm, this doesn't have boot polish or tobacco spit <laughs> in it. So this is this is actually that's right. Yeah, this one no, this one for sure doesn't. No Clorox. There's no. That's good because the other ones. I was the whole time. I'm like these are good, but they're probably not right. bottle and bond. Yeah. yeah. Um, this right. one definitely. I can tell. Um, you know what I mean? No, but this. So tell us a little bit other than it's bottle and bonding. Can you tell us a little bit about? Um, First off, congrats, because I know that's really cool part of the process is to be able to get that first, you know, bib out there and everything. It it kind of is almost like a, it's almost like this little badge of whatever um, that you get to, that you get, it's respected. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about the the spirit itself and, you know, what, what went into this and what it, you know, other than it's four years at least? Yep. And so this is you know, really is special to us because it is a badge of honor, if you will. Uh, We are the first ones in this whiskey category to even have one available. Um, And so there's definitely a lot of pride behind that, where at that 100 proof, I I think I even left that off. It has to be 100 proof, uh, minimum of 100 proof, which is what you guys are drinking, um, 50% alcohol. So that's another one of those federal standards. Um, Really, this was the first barrel. Uh, We released this as a single barrel. So it was the first barrel to achieve all of those qualifications and and to present itself um, through a single barrel selection process that uh, a gentleman named Barry Chandler, um, who runs Irish Whiskey Fans of America and Stories and Sips, um, we sent the casks that were of bottled and bond age and regulatory requirement, we sent those barrels over to him and he actually selected this. So oh, wow. shout out to him. Yeah. So the first barrel was then selected in Ireland, wow. um, which I think really shows that heritage, that marriage of, of um, kind of 
old world and new world collaboration and ideas that are really the core elements of what we do here. Um, and so it just is a very special whiskey to us. 50% malted barley, 50% raw barley that uh, again, from one of the very first distillations I uh, did in 2018, um, it was uh, aged in um, toasted and charred. Uh, the heads are toasted and then the barrel was uh, char too, mm. uh, which is not uncommon at a lot of cooperages to toast the heads and char the, the, the core staves um, and uh, really had that uh purely American virgin white oak nature to it. Of course, we've just been talking about um, not just releasing older age statements. <laughs> uh, in yeah. this case, that virgin white oak is going to grow up into that, right? What we're hoping is to kind of be known, I like to say, I'd love to be known as like the E.H. Taylor mm. of single pot still, where we're bottled in bond. That's what we're known for, that it's a core tenant of the the lines that can be, um, continuum cask can be because it's a Solera with whiskey from multiple seasons yeah. and multiple years. Um, our blended whiskey can't be because half of it's from Ireland and half of it's ours, right? So, um, but our core pot still lines, cask and stave, virgin oak, sherry, peated, as those kind of become more staple core lines, will all be in that bottled and bond um, regulation. So this was really, a showcase of the direction of Tallulah and what's happening next. Absolutely love that. Awesome. Well, I'm beautiful story. It, yeah, and delicious. By the way, yeah. I don't know if we said that. I don't know yeah. if we great hats. Notes. Great hats. <laughs> great. If there's one thing that the listeners should take away from this, it's why didn't anybody use the Ram? Yeah. And they have great hats. No, their whiskey um, is fantastic. Yeah, the, the Bravo. So Bravo, at, you too. Yeah. So, this is Madam President, you. sir. Madam. Yeah, that's right. So as we're <laughs> As I'm we're first, I'm first, first man, first man, first feller, <laughs> first <mister>. <laughs> <laughs> So as we're wrapping up, uh, I want to I want to turn it over to you guys for just a, a minute or two to plug whatever you'd like to plug, promote uh, things you've got coming up uh, soon. Um, we're actually going to. There's usually a little more lag time in us releasing episodes, but. We're going to be releasing this literally this Tuesday. So, um, so anything that you have in the very immediate future or where people can follow you, find you, find your story, find your whiskey, uh, the floor is yours. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, so we are on all of the social medias, uh, recently entered the TikTok world, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, but Instagram, Facebook, uh, at Tallnua Distillery, uh, Twitter, I believe, is at Talnua Distilled. Um, and then uh, definitely our website is talnua.com, T-A-L-N-U-A. Um, and some cool things I think we have coming up that we're pretty stoked about is um, the one I'm most stoked about, I think, is our uh, collaboration with Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Uh, so it is their 125th anniversary, and we are doing collaboration with them um, where we took our whiskey and finished it in a local winery's port barrel. Uh, and so we're releasing that. There should be about 330 some bottles. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, Amy, our, our creative director, created a brand new label. So if you, if you look at our, our logo, um, it is, which I can explain as well, the, 
ram um, on top of the flat irons, which indicates that we're in the front range of Colorado, ram being the state animal. Looking back east over the um, triskel moon, uh, so towards our Emerald Isle uh, brethren. And so she actually rendered that in more of a live um Sketch drawing, yeah, yeah, kind of made it more lifelike, more realistic. So that'll be it's beautiful. Um, I'm super excited about it. Yeah, so yeah, I think that's definitely the biggest thing that we've we've got coming up. And then um, a large philanthropic donation will uh, uh, come with that. So as the event, uh, as we have this event at the distillery, uh, we will have uh, a. a celebration with them that they will be here and so we'll get to celebrate that 125 years and and uh, an all colorado product uh whiskey that's that's coming out so that's gonna be a lot of fun that's awesome that. that's so first you said you you said port barrel and i mean that now you're speaking my language man mm-hmm. um but i'm i i also like we we have we have heavy ties to our community to all that kind of stuff around here as well and i love i love hearing about stuff like that so anybody that's out or going to be out in that area definitely check do you have a date for the the event yet or now yes october 29th okay and you probably said that and i was i was still thinking about it okay cool i was i was i had my brain buried in um listening to a port barrel port barrel finish and Um, when they said that i my head that's right that's right that's all i don't care about anything else Um, and honestly in general like come out and see us uh that that's one of the things that is part of the tenants part of the Irish heritage is is our uh, desire for hospitality and inviting people in and and I think showing us and and seeing the space especially because if you come now you'll see it as it is in its OG space we just took over an additional 10,000 square feet Um, uh, and so uh, we're growing this here but if you want to come and kind of see the distillery as it was as we as we got started um, we're really excited that this next six months will develop out the the 10,000 square feet and start tours and all that. That's stuff. awesome. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Guys, thanks so much for yeah, joining us, yeah. uh, Patrick yeah. and Megan. Fantastic. I, great stuff. L- listeners, If uh, go try this stuff. I mean, it's good. I got up out of my chair and made people sniff it and taste it that were like, oh, we're good. So it's good stuff. Um, but We're yeah, not asking. We're telling. We're not, no, go do it now <laughs> and get them all. And the whole thing we said before. Um, but seriously, guys, thank you so much. What a great conversation. I, I could I could continue talking to you for hours and hours and hours, yeah. but um, I got to go pick up my kids at some point. Well, they so. invited us to their distillery, uh, which well, was okay, so we'll, their mistake. How long of a drive is that? <laughs> we'll be there in... No, seriously, yeah. guys, thank you so much. Cheers. Slanja. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Slanja. Um... Okay, so you guys sent us these beautiful boxes that I was like, why is that so loud? <laughs> you guys sent us these these beautiful boxes. These are the dopest box. So we get a lot of whiskey sent to us. Um, Alcoholic. The whole reason we do this. And this is <laughs> probably... Hold on, look at that glass. The, I know, look at the, look at the craftsmanship. Open, open it. The paper is alone is just dope. Um, look at that. Really happy to hear that you like them because it takes our general manager quite a bit of time to put them together. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at it and I was like, "This looks like a nightmare to they, yeah. put together." And 
to. They're they're one hundred percent form over function. 